0: Well Kevin Barker, if I had told you that the first off season edition of the Blair and Barker podcast would be about a trade involving Teoscar Hernandez, if I'd told you that on the final day of the season, what would your reaction have been?
1: Uh, I wouldn't have been shocked. Me and you've been talking about this for weeks, uh, leading up to the to the last day of the season. That if the, you know, they were trying to trade somebody to get some pieces to be a better team next year, it would probably start with Teoscar Hernandez, especially with George Springer. I think that for me, listening to Ross talk there and his little availability a few minutes ago when he was talking about uh, things he was trying to do, and and the question was asked, you know, if he does get a new piece in center, would he move George, and would George Springer be Willing to go to right field. I think that's sort of the X factor. Is is now that you know you could do it. You brought in a a decent piece. I'm not going to say that's an elite piece, right? Uh, you, you know, uh, I guess uh, the 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 guy they brought in was more of a seventh and eighth inning guy, and maybe not a ninth inning guy. But it seems to be a little bit better than than what they've had. I would not be shocked. I would think this is sort of up to par of exactly the way our conversation had been going the last couple of weeks. And this is just a start for me. The, the, Jeff, the only question now is because they've lost some offense, right? That's, we could say that's 25 and 80 with Teoscar, right? That's a middle of the order bet. Can they afford to give up an Alejandro Kirk, a Danny Jansen, uh, you know, an offensive guy? now that they've lost to 25-80. and 80. That, for me, will be an interesting thing going forward here. But it doesn't surprise me that Teoscar is the first name off the board.
0: No, and, and here's the way I looked at this. I mean, we, we'd identified a number of priorities for the Blue Jays going into the offseason. The first, getting more swing and miss in the bullpen. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a bunch of guys throwing 101. I like a bunch of guys throwing 101 because I think 101 is more swing and miss than 93-94. Fact is, the numbers from this year show that Eric Swanson's got a certain amount of that. He isn't going to overpower you, but he does get a lot of swing and miss with three of his pitches. That's good. Um, I think we agree, especially with Ross Stripling gone now, they need more starting pitching. They also need a left-handed bat, preferably one that can play in the outfield. So here we are, the first big move of the offseason. They've moved one of their primary pieces we thought they would move. And I don't think they've necessarily addressed things as much as we thought they would, but this is the, but here. If you look at the fact that Teoscar was going to make around 14 million in arbitration, if you look at the fact that they DFA'd Rymel Tapia and Bradley Zimmer, now Bradley Zimmer's a no brainer, Rymel Tapia, that was an interesting move for a team that doesn't have a lot of left-handed hitting. The mm-hmm. fact of the matter is those three moves combined give you, 19.1 million dollars. Let's round it off to 20 million dollars, roughly in extra room. And as Ross Atkins said, this wasn't a move where Rogers' ownership said, Hey, you got to clear some money off the books. Yeah. But I think it was a move made with an eye towards future moves. Maybe that's a Brandon Nemo in center field, or maybe it's a Michael Conforto as a free agent, or maybe it's a trade for somebody making a little bit of money. Or here's another thing maybe some of this money is going to go towards paying Alec Manoa or, or Vladdy Jr. or Bo Bichette. But the bottom line is, to me, this is the first move of the offseason. It clears the decks. You can go to a free agent now, and the free agent's agent isn't going to say to you, hey, we're interested, but you got Springer and Teoscar Hernandez in the right field. What happens if you can't get a trade for Teoscar? What are you going to do then? Well, now you can go to an agent and say, look, we like your guy. We like Brandon Nemo. We want him to play center field for us. I thought Ross Atkins, as you said, Kevin, was pretty clear. He's already talked to George Springer. George Springer said, hey, if it makes us better, I'll move to right field. That's no surprise. We talked about this since the Jays got him. Steve Sparks, the radio analyst for the Astros. What did he tell us the first time we spoke to him? He's a better right fielder than a center fielder. So I think this is a clearing of the decks. And I think there's subsequent moves to follow. And I and I guess where I I'm a little interested in this, Kevin, is in my in my mind when I closed my eyes, I kind of thought I kind of thought that Teoscar would move for a left-handed bat. I kind of thought that somehow that's mm-hmm. coming back in the equation. But instead, they've got you know they've got a guy who's going to make their bullpen better. He's controllable. I mean, the Jays think there's a little more upside there. That's fine. Hey, the guy, the guy logged a lot of innings for a team that was really good. And then they get a wild card in uh, Adam Mako, a kid that a lot, the number eight ranked prospect in the Seattle Mariners organization. Now we know what prospect rankings, is, right? But Kevin, Kevin, yeah. uh, a, a kid who threw 97 miles an hour last year at the age of 21, I'm okay taking a, taking a look at him. I got no problem with that
1: yeah he's raw like you know his curveball I think is better than his velocity or his command of his fastball the confidence in the fastball doesn't look like it's really there yet but I'm with you he's 21 he's left handed there's a little bit of that uh, you know you just don't know but the upside could be there I know he's gained a little weight that's going to help right when he's drafted he weighs somewhere around the 170 pound mark that's just not enough now I think he's somewhere around the 200 mark which allows him to throw a little bit harder maintain that velocity a little deeper in an outing he's a starter you don't know if he's going to turn out to be a starter or a reliever out of the bullpen but if he's a two pitch guy with a good breaking ball and a located fastball and it's somewhere 95 to 97 look that's there's some upside there i did, just the next question when i was listening to you talk there uh, who could they afford to give up next right the the i, I just come back to this. We, we all know last year what the issue was, right? It's, and we still know that it, it's power, it's swing and miss, especially with the no shift thing and the bigger bases and not being able to throw over. Like those matter. Now you're, you're needing guys that don't allow the ball to be put in play and, the left-handed balance in the lineup, but who can they afford to give up now? Without the 25 and the 80 in the middle of your order, can you afford to give up a catcher? Could you afford to give up Lourdes now? I just, I think now it's more about what you were just talking about, the freeing up the, a little bit more money. I know what Ross said about the, you know, about Rogers being willing to spend basically whatever he's asking them to spend. But let's face it, right? It's it's they they probably don't want to get up in the 220, 230 mark. So you would think they want to save a little bit of money. You would think you'd have to trade at least one more piece to get something added to what you might want to pay for, a Brandon Nemo or or a Conforto or whatever the piece that you may have to pay for, but what can they afford to give up, Jeff? That That's the big question. That's the intriguing part for me is what name is going next? We thought it would be Teoscar, but who's going to be the next guy and who can they afford to give up to to make up for the lack of offense that they're going to have to make up for?
0: Right. And part of me wonders, too, Kevin, if maybe what isn't at work here is the fact that there was, you know, there might have been some talk about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. We know that Lourdes is coming off that wrist injury. Teams, I think, would probably be a little reluctant to, sure. to trade for him. And, and and look, I mean, we've identified guys. One of the catchers, Teoscar, Lourdes Gurriel. And then I guess, in, you know, if you want to get really into the weeds, there is... There's always going to be that notion out there that maybe you move Beau Bichette in some sort of blockbuster deal. But I think we've kind of pushed that to the side for now, and we focused on these three guys. First of those three guys is gone, and they've addressed to a certain degree one of their needs or part of one of their needs. But uh, listen, I still think there's another shoe to fall here. I I didn't believe for a second they would go into the offseason. I'm sorry, go into spring training with all three catchers. I still don't. I still think one of those guys is going to move, but your point is well made. You've just taken 25 and 80 out of your lineup. Maybe you sign a free agent to repair part of that or fill part of that. Again, there's a lot of talk about the Jays and Brandon Nemo, a lot of talk about the Jays and Michael Conforto. There's still got to be an impactful middle of the order back coming in here, at least one of them. And, but Again, as I said, this is. I think you have to look at this in the totality, and this plus the fact that Raimel Tapio is, was let go, plus the fact that Bradley Zimmer was let go, that to me indicates that they are preparing to spend a lot of money on somebody. Right. That the bottom line here is there. They could. They could have run it back if they won. Sure. But this indicates to me that they're prepared to spend a lot of money.
1: Someplace. Yeah, and also if you, when you watch the playoffs, Jeff, as much as me and you watched it, uh, those managers had some no-brainers. If you're John Snyder, are you really thinking that Eric Swanson is a is a no-brainer, right, no matter where you're at in the order? If he's your eighth-inning guy, you're putting him in the eighth inning? Probably not. So yeah. I, I would think if you're John Snyder and you're sitting around, and this is a nice piece, this this makes it a little easier for you and Petey to figure out, you know, who you're matching up and how you're matching the split finger and the slider that was okay, it wasn't great, the elevated fastball. You know, it doesn't throw 99, so you gotta match it up exactly right. So you're looking for, if you're John Snyder, you're wanting some more no-brainers. You know, I got the ninth inning hopefully taken care of and probably the eighth inning, and now I need a couple of more of those other guys. So I just. This is sort of expected. It's just now for me. Can you afford to give up more offense to get some more pitching, mm. or do you have to go out and pay for it? That that's the big question, and and we'll we'll have to wait and see. I think the the conversation with Bo being traded now that Teoscar's gone, I I think that's gone. Like you just can't have that conversation anymore. Even even if you was to pay for a a big time shortstop to come in here, you'd have to move Bo to second. You're not trading him to get anything else just because American League short ballparks. You got to score runs. You know, occasionally. Yep. Your pitching staff's not going to be there, and you're going to have to outbought people. So, this is fun, though. This is this is you know, I think we expected it, but until it actually happens, you know, you're sort of taking a step back, and now thinking that man, the Blue Jays might be all in in this thing, right? They they're seeing what it takes to win a World Series, and what they had last year just wasn't going to get it done.
0: Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, Blue Jays fans will look at this deal, and you have to keep it in context of what you saw from this team last year. This team has to be better when it gets to spring training than it was at the end of the year. This, to me, is just one of the steps steps towards that. Let's talk a little bit about Teoscar, Kevin. This is a guy that was, well, he was a great middle-of-the-order hitter. We all know about the smile. We all know how important he was to the quote-unquote clubhouse culture. We also know that he was a guy that was benched last year once, and it was kind of a benching. He thought he was benched. The coaches thought he was benched. Charlie Montoya didn't want to call it a benching, but we all kind of got the impression that he was benched. I mean, there are times where Teoscar, there were times where he fell asleep. Let's face it. There were times where he fell asleep last year. How do you view him? What's his Blue Jays career been?
1: Well, I think he's been a good player. Has he been a a great player? Like he's wanting everybody to think probably not because of the baseball IQ because of the things behind the scenes, great players for me, don't get benched. And you know, you can say it any other way. You want to say it, it happened once with the old manager. Uh, We can between me and you and a lot of other people know that it happened again with the new manager and great players that, that just, that just doesn't happen to right. And that'll sort of be, man, he's got more power than anybody on planet earth. Like he got grown man pop. I, that's the very first time I ever saw him go flight deck to right center. Humans don't do that. And it's just easy, fluid pop that, you know, if he could match the two together, which is the urgency to just beat Oscar every single day, he'd be the player he wants to be. But it, you know, as a blue jay, did we get that? Did we see that all the time? Absolutely not. Right. We saw some, some things on the basis that you didn't like to see from elite guys who, we're talking elite, but didn't always look elite. The out, the outfield was sort of the same way. His throws, you know, offensively, the power, we knew what was there. So, you know, I think Teoscar was what you saw Teoscar being, right? He is a guy that could carry your team for three or four days. And then he's a the guy that looked like, quite frankly, that, you know, you could do without him. So, He's a guy that Seattle, I think, was looking for. You know, the middle of the order bat who can get it down and get it singing again, can carry their team for three or four days. Seattle was looking for middle of the order pop. He has a ton of that. Now, will it go down because of that big giant park that he's gonna play in his home games? Absolutely, right? In the West, there's big ballparks there. Like you're gonna to have to get it. Those little easy back spinning balls that barely go out the Rogers Center. Let's go get can of corns in the in the American League West. So He's a he's a, he's a middle-of-the-order bat. He's what Seattle wanted, uh, you know, and and I think if you're a Blue Jays fan, I think he is exactly what you saw him be and nothing else.
0: To bring in Ryan Divish, he covers the Mariners for the Seattle Times. Ryan, thanks so much for joining, Kevin, and myself. How is this deal playing in Seattle? I know the Mariners were looking for a middle-of-the-order hitter. Um, Teoscar Hernandez is a guy that, uh, you know, we've talked about. There were some flaws in his game. But, man, one thing he can do is he can crush. He can crush the baseball. How is this deal playing in Seattle?
2: I think he's playing pretty big in Robbie Ray's house right now, so he never has to face Teoscar again after the two bombs. (laughs) It still might be going off of him. I think think one of them is still going. I know it is. Uh, But, no, you know, I think the Mariners fans in whole are happy. You know, offense is sexy, and they need it. And the Mariners were not a very sexy team unless it was Julio Rodriguez doing a lot of the work. So they need offense. I mean, you know, irrespective of what, you know, the the last game in Toronto where they came back from behind, but for the most part, it was a struggle to score runs more often than not last season. And, you know, in Teoscar, they look at it as a guy that's a middle-order guy, a right-handed hitter, um, and provide some pop. I was listening to you guys earlier. You're right. Uh, He's going to find that this ain't playing in the AL East anymore. You know, you go to Seattle and it's cold. The ball doesn't carry. You go to Anaheim at night, you go to Oakland at night, ball doesn't carry. You know, Houston, you get a little break and Texas, you get a little break. But for the most part, it's going to be different. Now, I don't know how the new schedule is going to work with everybody playing everybody, but – You know, it's an upgrade from nothing for the Mariners. I mean, like, you know, Swanson was a nice reliever uh, who really came into his own this year. Adam Mako, you know, had a lot of potential but had some injury issues. So, like, the Mariners look at it as, like, they had to do something. The free agent market isn't looking great for them. uh, So they made this trade instead
1: you t- tell us a little bit about Eric Swanson. Tell Blue Jays fans who don't know him. I know he had a really good year last year and, and, you know, they felt comfortable putting him in some big time spots. But is, you know, I think the question that people want to ask is just because of the lack of service time and the, and just seeing it over and over again, can he do it again? Right. Is it, is it, you know, the lack of velocity? Cause that's a big deal now with no shift. And, and this is sort of why the Blue Jays are bringing him here. Do you think he can do that, what he did last year again in the American League East?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we were kind of surprised he didn't pitch a lot in the postseason, maybe once. I think, you know, when Jordan Alvarez was hitting bombs off of Robbie and other guys, you think thinking I pretty good enough because of his split-finger pitch, wasn't there. Now, he he kind of ran out of a – I went to ran out of gas. He didn't pitch well in the last week and a half, two weeks of the season. And I think part of that was – You know, the Mariners, you know, facing some of the dregs of the American League, managed to play themselves into a position where they had to use main guys a lot Mm -hmm. and try and play a bunch of tight games to win the clinch. And I think he got overworked. I think, you know, he went on the injured list once this year with a shoulder issue. Uh, just fatigue, and it was from overuse. I mean, it's not like, you know, and it was bad overuse, you know, extending him an extra inning, and a, you know, inning plus twice in three days, something like that, you know, where they just they were in a spot where they needed to win games. And he was so good, and they didn't have a left-hander in their bullpen, and he was the guy that got lefties out that they had to use him a lot. I think when used properly, he's very effective because he has that split finger that gets lefties out and neutralizes lefties. He added a slider this year. You know, he doesn't throw 99 as much mm-hmm. anymore. He can. But because it's, he's got one of those fastballs with a lot of spin and because of the split finger and the way he throws and everything kind of looks the same, he'll get a lot of swings and misses on fastballs up that, you know, you think should be hittable. Uh, the fine line being, you know, when it's 94 and it's up, if it's not all the way up, it's up and out of the park. But hmm. I, I think he's a pretty valuable reliever, and you're not paying a lot for him. I think for the Mariners, they believe that, you know, you've seen what they did this last couple of years. They can find relievers and make relievers, and they got a bunch of young arms so that, that the price for poker was real, and they they weren't afraid to give him up. Yep.
0: Now, now Ryan Teosca Hernandez is eligible for free agency after this year. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to talk to Jerry Depoto yet. Uh, is there any intention? Do you think to re-sign him? Uh, is that something that they may revisit at the end of the year, or you know, or or may may they be a little proactive here and try to get try to get Teosca for a couple of years.
2: I mean, yeah, I think I'll look at it. I mean, maybe, you know, if you can lower the arbitration number by, you know, extending him for a couple of years, you try and do it. You know, the Mariners have a pretty strong Latin contingent there that maybe teosco would find attractive. You know, it worked with Luis Castillo. Yeah, I think their hope is is maybe T. Oscar comes there, plays a couple times, plays for a few months, and maybe then he decides, hey, I really like you here. I'd like to sign here. You know, I think you know, Mariners fans have to realize too is like he's not a Gold Glover. He can be a, an absolute disaster in the outfield. But then again, the Mariners lost Jesse Winker for an entire year, so I, I think mm. the Mariners fans would be like, oh, we'll take him over Jesse Winker any day of the week. So I, I'm curious to see what they add around him. You know, some people think that oh, they're not going to re-sign resign Machado for this, but like, you know, if you move. Teoscar to left field, where you lessen the times of, you know, some of the difficulties of the ball, and you bring back Mitch Hanager to play right field, and you have Teoscar, Mitch Haniger, and Julio Rodriguez with possibly Jared Kellnick or Jesse Winker as you're rotating an outfielder DH type. That's a lot better. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what the Mariners do besides that, because they need to add more. They need a middle infielder, and they need you know, uh, another outfielder. I honestly thought they'd make a run at Santiago Espinal of all things because I thought he fit the Mariners really well with how he does stuff at second base
1: uh is there a you know the personality is a big deal now every time you talk about a guy it's you know he's got a high octane fastball the split finger the change up or the breaking ball is really good and oh by the way he's a great teammate tell us a little bit about eric swanson is he a good person you know and does he have a little fire in him when it comes seventh inning when you need me against you is he showing that on the mound
2: yeah i mean he does have a he's very laid back he's you know, I, I joke, while well, I was gonna text him and say, Hey man, you are you lived on the Canadian border essentially he lives in Fargo, North Dakota and he was building <laughs> a house up by the he's building a house up by the Canadian border in northern Minnesota. I was like, Well, you can just jump across the border, then you're close as ever. Um, you know, he's very laid back, but you know, what I saw this year and what I like is Eric Swanson believes in pitching inside and Mr. Mike Trout didn't really enjoy that very much. And he's not a headhunter, but he believes that half of his slate is his own, especially with right-handers. So he threw inside a couple times to Trout. Trout didn't like it. The next day a brawl ensued. But you know what? He won't back down from anybody, that's for certain. You know, he's not bombastic. He's not going to come out to, you know, thunderstruck by ACDC or anything like that. I think he has a country walkout song. But, no, a really cool customer. And, you know, like I said, he's got three pitches. And that, I think the big thing now with the way bullpens are and with the way the rules are, you need to have a guy that isn't too dominant split. You know, like, he gets lefties out. He gets righties out. He has weapons to do both. And I think you find value in that. I don't know that he's a closer, but I think you should certainly feel comfortable with him in the seventh inning and even the eighth inning because I know the Mariners were at times.
0: Mm. Ryan, listen, really good of you to join us today, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much.
1: Great stuff. Thank you. Yeah,
0: no
2: problem. Thanks, guys.
0: Ryan Divish covers the Mariners for the Seattle Times. Uh, boy, that's interesting about Eric Swanson. As Ryan was talking, I went back and did some look. I forgot about that. Kev. he's a guy that got under Mike trout got in Mike Trout's grill literally. Um, yeah, he is not. Uh, he's not afraid to throw inside.
1: Well, he's going to have to. He, he, Jeff, he, he's a he's a fly ball pitcher. Now, now that went down a little bit last year. I think the you know he is a at least last year he, he induced a little bit more weak contact in the air which in the American League East, again, it gets back to that thing. Can you keep it in the yard here when it matters the most? And, you know, that, that would mean maybe the slider has to be a little bit better to righties and lefties. I know he likes to throw a little bit more to righties than he does lefties. But, you know, they. Ryan was talking about the three-pitch mix. I think he has to have all three of them. And I was listening there when he said that, you know, you have to put him in the right spot. He's a no-brainer. He's not a no-brainer, right? It's it's, it's Again, it's not one. Of, he's not one of those guys that, you know, he's my seventh inning Guy I don't care if it's two, three four in the order. no you gotta massage it in you gotta make sure the right part of the order's up for him to come in and be his best so this is what I said. This is a nice ad. This is better than what the blue Jays had at the at the end of last year, but they need more right they need a they need at least for me anyway a couple of more no brainers How do they get them and and can they just fill in the spots enough to to be a much better team like you said they gotta be much better come first day of spring training. It just can't be you're wondering who goes where and what kind of team they're going to be. No, you need to, if you're going to be the big boys in the American League East, which we both know the Blue Jays are trying to be, when the first day of spring training rolls around, it's basically our team's better than yours.
2: Let me
0: ask you this, Kevin. We know that the Jays and Teoscar had talks at least a couple of times about a new contract. Not this year we're led to believe, but we're led to believe last offseason. That uh, that they did. Do you think? Do you think the fact that Jays and Teoscar couldn't come to an agreement on a long-term contract was that more? Do you think the part on the part of the team or on the part of Teoscar? Because I've often thought the Jays were kind of sending us a message there, because you never got the sense when you talked to Ross that it was a matter of urgency. Right? You, you never. Mm-hmm it was always well it takes two to come to an agreement which of course it does take two to come to an agreement but you never got the sense that it was something that was occupying a lot of their time right
1: mm-hmm. yeah well look just listening to him talk right before we came on the air here uh it sounded like you know this wasn't i have to to have to trade him this was a we wanted to trade him and that mm-hmm. just gets back that gets back to your point of right if they would have been that in love with Teoscar with sounds like they have money to spend. Why wouldn't you spend it on Teoscar? And again, I just think the whole totality of who Teoscar is. I think a lot of that rubs organizations the wrong way. And maybe you saw it a little bit in Houston. You saw it a little bit with the Blue Jays. And, you know, sometimes I just think the power just doesn't overweigh everything else that goes with certain players. And maybe Teoscar is one of those guys, right? Well, it's the, when you see him on TV and everything's going great and he's breaking and the big giant smile, and, you know, he's got a, a body that just looks like a superhero. It's just – everything's gravy, and it's great. And, you know, but when you start seeing him not running the bases the way he's supposed to and, and not catching balls in the outfield, and I just think that sort of sounded to me like you could read between the tea leaves, right, that it just maybe rubbed the organization the wrong way, and and this was more of a they wanted to trade him instead of they had to trade him.
0: So there you go. The first Blair and Barker podcast of the offseason. Teoscar Hernandez traded to the Seattle Mariners for Eric Swanson, a relief pitcher, and Adam Mako, their uh, eighth-rated prospect. Um, a guy who uh, learned his craft at uh, in Vauxhall, Alberta, at the baseball academy there. And Kevin apparently – his first sort of taste of starting pitching was going on YouTube and looking at David Price and Justin Verlander oh. videos when he was a kid. So, you know, I mean, who knows, <laughs> who knows? It would be lovely if he turned into eh, 80% of one of those two guys, but uh, you know, we shall wait and see again. He's a young guy uh, can throw hard, has had some health issues. Uh I wouldn't say he's a throne in this deal because again he is their eighth ranked prospect. But to me, Kevin, this is one of those things where somebody in the Jays organization when they were putting this together said, Hey, we see something in this kid that we really like. And uh but the focal point is Eric Swanson in terms of the return the Blue Jays are getting. A uh an arm for the back end of the bullpen, seventh, eighth inning guy. Uh guy's not gonna cost him a lot of money and a guy who hopefully hopefully can uh, can pitch for the Blue Jays in some pretty big spots. So again, that is it for us our first pod of the off season. We'll be back whenever the Jays make a big deal. We'll drop an emergency pod and very soon we'll be beginning our weekly we'll be beginning our weekly off season pods as always you can get your pods wherever wherever you uh, feel like subscribing to them. And when you do, please rate review give us a lovely five-star review and uh we would greatly appreciate it mr parker thank you for joining me and uh we shall do this again have a great day everybody